This episode of the Back of the Bus podcast is unknowingly brought to you by the nice lady who owns Super Subs on Bird Road and 62nd Avenue, because she's living proof there really are nice white people. Welcome, everybody, to the Back of the Bus podcast. Welcome back. Welcome really. back this time, for we sure. We are alive. We have survived. We want to thank you guys for being patient and waiting for us to come back. I am half. He is black across the table from me. Remember, you can always catch us on any of your streaming areas, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Podbean, and every new episode goes up on SoundCloud because we don't want to pay SoundCloud. That's right. And uh, this is our first non-Game of Thrones episode, so it's going to be a little weird. It will be a little bit weird. It's like looking at your first girlfriend naked when the lights are on and you're only like 15. You're just like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah, it's, but then it's, yeah, then it stays awkward. doesn't get any better. Nah, never gets any better, guys. But in this particular instance, I think it will get better. Exactly. So we survived Irma. There are a few things we learned from Irma. There are a few things we'd like to change from Irma. But we are not part of the crew who wanted to sue FPL. That We were talking about that a little bit before we went on the air or whatever. So if you guys haven't heard, the folks in the Pinecrest and Coral Gables area are suing FPL because they didn't get their power back in a timely fashion. Apparently, we all pay into the power company some sort of fee or some shit like that you were yeah. talking about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some sort of get ready for disaster fee. Everyone pays for it. So if they're getting mad that they paid for it, it didn't work. Imagine the people who live in North Florida who never get hit by hurricanes who have to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's just the case of some spoiled-ass people acting with their spoiled-ass selves. It's called privilege. Yeah, there you go. That's what it is. FPL released a statement, and it was really shady. And it just said, we're not going to let them bully us into having us turn their power on before everyone else. Didn't your folks used to work at FPL? My mom retired from FPL, okay. and my father and stepmother are still employed by FPL. Okay, cool. But they don't give me any money, so I am not beholden to them, and I can speak my own mind. Cool, for sure. This isn't a Russia-Donald Trump thing. Well, yeah. But I am an FPL kid, so everything I ever grew up on was brought to you in part by FPL because their every, money, every meal, every their every money went to feeding to me and giving me everything I have in life. So, so thank you, Miami, for keeping half alive so that we can do this podcast. Basically, yeah, Thanks. Thanks it's for, awesome. Thank you for needing power. So here are a few of the things we learned: we're good, our houses are safe. However, it, we only got hit by maybe like Cat One style winds wasn't a big rain event, so not a lot of water. Regardless of what you may or may not have seen of Brickle, how it flooded, that was storm surge. It got out of there pretty quick, came yeah. in, left. Not a lot of damage there. We did learn a few things. We learned that trees and power lines don't mix. True that, as if, you know, we needed a reminder. Exactly. So, just like we mentioned earlier, the people in Pinecrest and Coral Gables who love their trees and foliage hate having to cut them around power lines, realize that trees and power lines don't mix. Yeah, I asked a client today when she came in, I was like, hey, so how did, it's the first time I've seen her since this, since this shit happened. So I was like, hey, how did, you know, how did it go for you, whatever? And she's like, oh, everything was fine, you know, but my two very beautiful whatever the fuck trees fell over and I had to pay all this money to da-da-da. And I'm thinking about how they're just digging dead bodies out of the keys and complaining about some dumbass trees. Yeah. It's whatever, dude. I mean privilege yeah it, it just goes back to privilege now 
There is one huge loser in all of this. Oh, yeah. And that would be Comcast and Xfinity. Dude, killing me. So, we lost power. That's cool. I get it. We lost power. I don't expect to have internet or cable when my house doesn't have power. However, Black didn't lose power. Not once. But he lost all of his cable and internet. I'm not complaining. It is what it is. Whatever. The thing that's frustrating about it is that everybody around me who had AT&T... Their shit was working. Yes. So I, I lost power on Sunday morning. We didn't get it back till probably Wednesday evening. And during that time, we stayed at a friend's house. We stayed at my, uh, my old place in the Grove. At that place, they have... Which is a miracle because the Grove was shut the fuck down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what group he's on or grid he's on, but he had power and never lost it. It was great. They have Comcast cable, but AT&T internet. And the Wi-Fi was humming along. Super good. It was amazing. And the Comcast cable was out. And yeah. it was ridiculous. So then here's here's my actual complaint. Because I totally understand there was there was this crazy shit happened. Wi-Fi is not important compared to all the other shit that was happening around the city. Nah. But this really. is the thing it's that very important. This is the thing that got on my nerves. They said my wife signed up for like the thing where the recording calls you and tells you, Hey, your service has been restored. Yeah. We got that call like nine fucking times, dude. And every fucking time we checked, service had not indeed been restored. So I'll give you, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, okay? So I was back and forth with people at Comcast on Twitter and on, um, <laughs> yeah, man, Twitter. I use Twitter, on Twitter and on the phone, okay? Now, when I called them on the phone, what they were telling me was that at moments during, I guess, that period that I was out, so I didn't get cable until Sunday afternoon. Jesus. So by the way, I missed all of college football. I missed most of NFL Sunday. But my fantasy team still beat the Rochester Royals. Yeah, we did. Rochester Royals? <laughs> and I know. I'm the Gentleman Bandits, and we beat the Rochester Royals. We'll get into fantasy football later, but oh, got fuck it. the Rochester Royals. So we didn't get cable back until Sunday evening. Now, throughout the week, I was calling Comcast, talking to them. Hey, what's going on? What are you guys doing? Can you give me an update? And look, I was very amenable to the situation. Like, I get that there was a natural disaster that hit. Right. Again, Totally understand, but I would like some transparency. I would like to know. Give me a timetable. If you need to move it, keep me up to date. That's it. Just keep me in the loop, right? So when I called them, they said, listen, at, at certain times during the day, you did get cable and internet back. It just went back out again. And I guess what had happened there was the boxes that they use or the transmitters that they use at some point had power and then lost power and they would fall back down. So you're kind of coming in and out of cable and Wi-Fi. Which is cool. I never knew. I wasn't around, so I didn't. Un I didn't see. No, it. dude. We'd get that message, and I'd run to the modem, uh -huh. I'd unplug it, because mm -hmm. they told you you have to reboot the shit. So I'd run over. Oh, and we didn't I'd... have to reboot it. It just started back. Hold up. up. So I'd unplug it, plug it back in, wait for the fucking thing and all the stupid little lights, and then I uh -huh. see the one light still missing. I'm like, no, we don't have fucking internet. Damn, that sucks. When it finally came back, there was no rebooting involved. All of a sudden, I was just on the phone with somebody because by then, cell phone signal had returned. Yeah. And I'm on the phone with somebody from work. And I look and I'm like, oh, shit, there's five lights on this bitch right now. <laughs> and I rant and I'm like, Ferry, check the fucking shit. And boom, there it was. Yeah, you, you had everything back. So, so I, but it was just frustrating to keep getting that call. Yeah, I, I understand. So my frustration came from a Twitter exchange that I had with Comcast Customer Cares, right? So I texted them and all right, I tweeted them. And they got me back in a DM. They slid into the DMs. <laughs> So the first thing that I got was, hey, listen, and this is what's really odd. They said, 
your com your internet and cable will be restored by 7 19 p.m on friday i was like the same that is wildly specific but thank you so i sat around friday i was headed out later but i sat around friday at 7 19 and the cable didn't come back so i tweeted them again a picture of me and my daughter pouting in front of a dead tv saying why would you do this to us it's okay to lie to me but why would you lie to her they never got back to me so i went out drinking and then i just continually dm'd them throughout the wow, night saying dude. hey it's 10 30 it's three and a half hours after when my cable was supposed to be back i still don't have cable what are you going to do about it that's funny eventually on saturday they dm'd me back you know i understand that these people um they're not in charge of doing getting the cable the cable back or internet sure. back they're just kind of unfortunately they're the the people standing yeah in they the bear the brunt line. of it yeah. yeah they're the people standing in front of the bullet line this person was very nice and every time that they actually dm'd me they were very very nice about it they got back to me at saturday at 3 40 in the afternoon they said i'm sorry to hear you're without service and i do apologize for our delayed response can you please confirm your phone number here's where it gets fun i would like to make sure we stick with you until the end and make sure that we reach a resolution. Then I asked for my address and I gave it to them and they wrote back this. Perfect. I will personally reach out to you once everything has cleared up in your area. Right? So I'm like, wow, this dude's going to this gonna, he's gonna slide into my DMs when my, when my, uh, that was on Saturday at 4.30 in the afternoon. And then he slid into DMs like, yo, go fuck yourself. Um, I got cable back on Sunday. And on Tuesday, I remember that he had wrote that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tweet him. So I tweeted him back. I said, um, you never reached out to me. We got cable and internet Sunday evening. Closing the loop and following up seems to be a challenge and something that the organization should work on. This motherfucker here writes me back and says, I'm happy to hear the cable and internet are working. <laughs> As you were midway through that sentence, I was like, "That's good. That, maybe there's something else. And then you just stopped there. I was like, wow. No, he was just like, cool beans, man. Bye. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, that's what I would have said to you. After 15 years in customer service, that's exactly what I would have said to you. But he didn't close the loop. He didn't get back to me when the service was restored. Bro, did you get cable? I did. So then what did the hearing from him, how was that going to change your life in any way? <laughs> Moving on from people who shit the bed after the hurricane to someone who shit his pants before it, Rush Limbaugh. Now, guys, you're going to hear two clips here. The first one is Rush talking about how the media over-exaggerates hurricanes and their danger and their threat to us. And then the second one is talking about, well, you'll see. The reason that I am leery of forecasts this far out, folks, is because I see how the system works. Much of our public information system, including from the government, from the drive-by media, has been corrupted. It has been corrupted by the individual biases and whatever present bigotry of the people who hold these positions. And let's not, we can't forget Hurricane Harvey because Hurricane Harvey and the TV pictures that accompany that go a long way to helping further and create the panic. And then. Okay, I may as well go and announce this. I'm not going to get into details because of the security nature of things, but uh, it turns out that we will not be able to do the program here tomorrow. But we'll be on the air next week, folks, from Parts Unknown. So we'll be back on uh, on Monday. It's just that uh, tomorrow is going to be problematic. Tomorrow it would be, I think, legally impossible uh, for us to originate the program out of here. So, yeah, that's right. First, he comes on. 
and says hurricanes are a hoax perpetrated by the liberal left, whatever the shit is. And then the next, he evacs. But he has the audacity to say that he was evacuating and could not discuss it due to security concerns. Ain't no security concerns, playboy. You's a bitch. You is a hypocrite ass doughboy bitch. And you saw Irma bearing down on you and you said, fuck these people who I've just lied to on the air. I'm getting out. You told he told people not to leave because it's I mean, if you listen to the whole show, don't worry about it. it these things are all just a hoax, this and that and the other. There's some susceptible ass gullible people listening to this dude who were probably like, oh, Rush Limbaugh's right. We shouldn't leave. This thing's all bullshit. And then he left because, you know, he don't want to die. Well, no, he needed to get to a place that had AC and a unlimited supply of young men's blood that he could just keep drinking. And hookers and coke. Did you did you see, side note, this is not actually Rush Limbaugh related, but, you know, tangentially it is. Like 46,000 people signed some petition to discharge their firearms at the storm. Yeah, man, that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. You some dumbass white people. These are, these are insane people. They're the same people who also are like, hey, listen, let's dump all the ice we're going to need after this thing hits into the ocean to cool the water so that the, the hurricane will slow down. I mean, wow. I mean, look, our AP subject's going to get a little bit more scientific into this. I mean, I don't know how scientific. It's it's black and I. Like, who knows? Yeah. But something's going to have to happen at some point. We're going to have to try to control weather. And, oh, that was the other thing during this whole nonsense. Everyone was going on and on and on about HARP and how the government's controlling the weather. And they're doing this because they want to just create. What the hell's HARP? HARP is this satellite station that's over in Alaska. Okay. And it shoots radio waves into the air. And what the conspiracy theorists theorists are saying is that it shoots these kind of dense radio waves into the air that it moves parts of the atmosphere which then move the jet stream which then cause basically we have an actual living breathing dc comics villain in real life yeah we have the weather wizard yeah and then we have lex luther in who deploys the weather yeah. wizard yeah to then go cause massive havoc mm. and panic and exactly wind and rain yeah and exactly Fuck. you know you mentioned earlier about this harp station that mm-hmm. apparently controls the atmosphere. Yeah. We want to kick off the show like we always do with a quick run through the news items that caught our attention over the last couple of weeks. There's been a lot going on, obviously, aside from the hurricane. We're not going to be able to get to everything. We do want to get to the stories that caught our attention before they burn up in the news cycle in a segment we call... Last time we were here, we were talking about John Carlos Stanton and the monster dongs he hits. And then uh, we cursed him because he stopped hitting dongs. Yeah, he was at 50. He'd hit 52 that night, uh-huh. I believe. And now he's only at 55. Mm-hmm. So he's hit three jacks since we last discussed it. And it's been almost two weeks. Yeah. You know, it's been three weeks. Yeah, almost three weeks. Yeah. So uh, he's still he's on pace now for 60. So he's still got a shot. But that that's very day to day dependent. If he goes, you know, one game, two, there's only 12 games yeah. left, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that pacing number changes dramatically day by day. So, and I don't think he hit any today. He hit 55 today. Oh, he did? Yeah, oh, okay. he hit 55 today. He, they beat the Mets handily, and he hit number 55 today. So, yeah, he, he five more jacks for him in 12 games isn't a lot, but considering his span of the last, like, yeah. 12 games, we jinxed Giancarlo Stan. Sorry, buddy. 
You know what we're going to do? We're going to reverse jinx it. That's right. Giancarlo Stanton's not going to hit another home run all season long. There you go. Not another one. Not another. Not a single home run. You know who did start hitting home runs? Again. Mr. Judge. My boy. He stopped and then he d- he started. So he went on this epic downturn. I mean, his drop-off from after the All-Star break. Yeah. Talk about all you want, whether the home the, run derby yeah. curse is a thing or not. But his average dropped like 60 points. He went from an MVP candidate to, you know, setting the all-time record for most consecutive games with a strikeout. <laughs> so it was brutal, dude. I mean, he went from hitting 330 to two, almost 260. But something happened recently. He remembered, hey, short porch, right field. And he started going the other way again. And he's back up to 45. He's hit, I think, six jacks in the last eight games. Or yep. Some crazy shit like that. Don't quote me on that, but it's been pre- it's pretty good. He's at 45 now. It looks like he'll he'll hit 50 for the season, and he's getting hot at the right time, man. And I'm pretty excited about where the Yankees are right now. They're well comfortably ahead in the wild card, you know, which whatever sucks because you have to play that one wild card game, and anything can happen in a yeah. one game in these one game series. Woo! But the team that we're sh- that we're probably gonna play in that series is the Twins, who we just swept. Okay. So. You don't think a little bit of revenge will be on their mind? No, they don't. They don't have the. They don't have the horses to to execute that revenge. That's because people play baseball, not horses. True that. They don't. Yeah, <laughs> asshole. They still don't have the talent on the team. If you like that better, yes. To execute that revenge. I mean, that I mean again, a one game thing. Whatever the case may be, but you if, may have just jinxed them. Yeah, maybe so. Uh oh. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Right. Whatever. You get my point. Hopefully you're wrong, and I'm right, and we smoke the Twins, and then we're going to lose to the Red Sox anyway. Yeah. Because facing Chris Sale twice in a, in a five-game series, is that's not going to be pretty. Even though we've beat him twice, but I don't like our chances in, in the playoffs at that, in that situation. You never know. Well, you never know. Luis Severino, our, our guy who will probably face Chris Sale in those games, he's pitched one game extremely well against the Red Sox, and another game he got lit the fuck up. So it's kind of a toss-up on, on what mm. we'll see there. Uh, you know what's not a toss-up is Cleveland. Damn. Homeboys won 22 in games a row. in a row. Set the AL record. They fell three short of the all-time record of 25 set by the 19-some-shit Giants. Like, mm-hmm. Depression-era team that nobody remembers. But, yeah, man. I mean, that was impressive. And Corey Kluber is probably going to win the Cy Young. He's the best pitcher in the game right now. That lineup is very right-handed heavy. They're scary. Lindor, the shortstop, is probably the best shortstop in the league right now. Even though, don't sleep on my boy Didi Gregorius, who just set the all-time record for <laughs> home runs by a Yankee shortstop. 25. Beat Derek Jeter, who hit 24. Stay claro on that, bro. Stay claro. That's clado. right. Don't sleep on Sir Didi. And he's, and he's a knight, too. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. He's, oh, He's an anointed knight. From? From the, the Netherlands. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, how about that? All don't right. Sleep. All right. But anyway, yeah. Fran- Back to the Indians. Francisco Lindor is amazing. Plays great defense. He's hitting the, you know, the cover off the ball. Showing a little bit more power this year than he historically has. So Cleveland's scary. And, you know, their bullpen is really, really, really well organized. Andrew Miller comes in and he can pitch multiple innings. I mean, that's how we used him last year. That's how Tito Francona used him in the playoff run. Mm-hmm. My so- question is, do they have the horses? <laughs> they have Secretariat. Woo. They fucking rebuilt Secretariat. So, ooh, breaking news during the podcast. Got I just it. got a text. Go ahead. What do you want for DJ? 
injured ass David Johnson. He still better ask for the farm. Yeah. The horses, the cows, the pigs, I want, all of them. I want the horses, the cows, the pigs. I want them all. You want the farmer. Fuck it. Yeah. Better, you better I, and I want, it, I want his daughter. That's for, oof, Of course. Penny? Yeah. Because every... Shit. Every farmer's daughter is named Penny. All right. So let's get... We will, we'll, we'll touch on that in the football in the football part of the episode. So let's talk about some boxing. Yeah. Did you watch the fight? Canelo versus Triple G? I did not have TV or internet so i, I thought you said you were staying at your boy's house in the grove and he had no once shit. we got power back on wednesday we went back to our house oh that sucks so we didn't have tv um also I didn't, I, saturday, do you like boxing not really but saturday was the uf tennessee uh football game and uf won on a hail mary pass that destroyed my weekend uh, i was at a friend's house oh yeah and so um then we went to lincoln's beard to have some beer and and drawing your sorrows while your wife celebrated because she no my wife is a knox uh a UT graduate and they lost. On oh, a that's right. So we were there. Oh, you don't like Florida either because you're a fucking UM. I'm a FIU fan. Oh, uh, a few. Yes. And Tim Tebow one time decimated my team. So we went to Lincoln's Beard. We drank beer and then um, we went home and we just fell asleep. It was We were just really tired. We had the baby and we were just all tired. So I didn't get to watch the, the fight. I woke up though and they said it was a draw and i immediately realized you can have a draw in boxing <laughs> yeah i did not that? know that how about that so uh, apparently it was a draw which would really piss me off man so i watched the fight I, i'm a big boxing fan my pop schooled me on boxing since i was when i was really young i hated it and then i remember when we started coming down here for the summers when he's already here and i lived in new york He'd make me watch Tuesday night fights with him. They used to come up right after Silk Stockings on USA. <laughs> and um, he schooled me, you know, and he I, I really grew to like it. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez was my favorite fighter when I was a kid. Probably still my favorite fighter of all time. But I'm a huge Triple G fan. I always liked Canelo also. I, going into this fight, I thought Triple G would win just because his knockout power is insane. And Canelo had to come up to fight him at his weight. I thought maybe that would slow Canelo's hand speed a little bit. It did not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, they fought a good fight. It was Canelo did his thing. He counterpunched. That's kind of his style fight. He can be aggressive when he wants to, but he was respectful of Triple G's power. He kind of ducked and dodged a little bit more than I would like. I mean, he wasn't quite Mayweather trying to Usain Bolt around the ring, but he didn't stand there and trade with Triple G that much. Okay. That being said, I had Triple G winning seven rounds to five. Okay. I thought Canelo probably took the first three rounds. Round two, you could have given it either way. But then four through nine were all Triple G. I gave 10 to Canelo, 11 to Triple G, and 12 to Canelo. So that gives you seven rounds to five. Which, if you take the exact round scoring, that's how one judge had it. Another judge had it a draw, which I could understand. The controversy here is the other judge, this lady named Adelaide Bird who scored the fight 10 rounds to two for Canelo. And there is no way in any of the levels of the seven blue hells that Man, it went 10 Canelo rounds. run 10 rounds to two in that fight. I mean, I don't know what the fuck she was watching. So, of course, people start pulling up her record, and she's got these weird scorecards on a lot of these major fights. Like, she had Amir Khan beating Canelo in a fight where Canelo clearly... I mean, clearly outclassed Amir Khan. Does she know boxing? Yeah, her. she's been a judge for 30-something years. Her husband's been a fucking boxing judge for 30-something years. It's all these people do. Supposedly, she trains the incoming new judges. Ah. 
But, dude, nobody saw that fight. De La Hoya is Canelo's promoter. And in the post-fight, they asked him. He was like, no, we didn't win 10 rounds or two. In the post-fight interview, they asked Canelo, how do you feel about the fight? He's like, I won like seven or eight rounds for sure. So even he didn't think he won 10 rounds or two. And this lady, I don't know what the fuck she was thinking. And the crazy thing is that the backlash of all this is that so many bookies in Vegas lost a shitload of money. Because they had to pay back all those. It's a push. Yeah. So they had to pay back all those bets. There was one sports book that took their biggest bet was 500 grand on Triple G. So and they have to pay that back. And they had to pay that back. So think about the number, the how much money casinos lost in Vegas yeah, that man. day with that fucking fight. So the lady, she was not suspended, but she was benched yeah. for the foreseeable future by the, by the whatever the executive head of the yeah. judging commission. I don't know what the fuck the position is. He said, you know, everybody's got a bad day. That was his bullshit reasoning. Everybody's got a bad day, but yeah, she was a little wide. She wasn't a little fucking wide, dude. All right? She was fucking... Like, what the fuck was she watching, dude? There's no way. There's no way. So, the thing that's disheartening about that is that boxing is is a niche sport at this point. Yes. The The hardcore fans aren't going anywhere. No. But casual fans tune into big events like this. And if boxing wants to attract those casual fans... They can ill afford to have a judge who's so out of whack that it seems like there's something shady going on. Yeah, because then then that lends to the credence that this is this is all staged because they need the ratings and because they want people to drive up interest. And Correct. that's not fair. And that they're and that they're trying to just make sure there's a rematch. You know, I heard a lot of people talking about how you know they wanted to make sure Canelo saved face because since he's the younger fighter and he's the future of the sport, you can't have him lose. But you couldn't really have Triple G lose either because his star power is just starting to. Even though he's thirty five already, he, his window's starting to close. Yeah. But they they want to maximize the next at least the next two or three fights. I try really hard to not buy into all that. I try to maintain the integrity of the sport, even if it's just in my head, because I enjoy watching it. Yeah. But it's just it sucks, dude. It's to have some shit like that tarnish. What was a Really good fight. I won't say it was a great fight because... But it was okay. But it, No, it was more than okay. It was a really good fight. It would have been great if Canelo would have traded with him a little more. But it was a really good fight. And it just overshadowed by this ridiculous judge and her ridiculous scorecard. It, it just made no sense. What a turd burger. Yeah, she sucks. She sucks. Someone who does not suck, as you heard maybe in the, uh, in the intro earlier, the nice lady who owns the oh. super subs on... Yeah. Bird Road and 62nd Avenue. Dude, the the first day that they reopened after the hurricane or whatever, Ferry and I went over there to go get something to eat because mm-hmm. we drove. I wanted to drive by my branch to see what was going on. She's like, hey, guys, look, you know, this is what I have available on the menu. I still don't have the chicken and this and that left. And we're like, okay, cool, no problem. And we ordered our food, boom. Some douchebag walks in there, probably one of these Pinecrest Coral Gables chumps, and he sees he, she gives him the same speech. And he starts complaining about why don't you have this and why do you have that? And she's like, oh, you know, we didn't we knew we were going to lose power and we didn't want everything to spoil. So we gave all our extra food and shit to our neighbors so that they had, you know, supplies and shit because, you know, we knew in our area we were going to lose power at home. She didn't have to do that shit, dude. 
she went out of her way to give the supplies from her job, from her business that she's had for 30 some odd years, her livelihood. And instead of trying to salvage it or freeze it or whatever the fuck she could have done and then giving you some frozen ass defrosted chicken. Chicken breast and and, and meat. Yeah. She gave that shit away, dude. Do you know how much? What I mean, you you would know better than I do. What yes. these food costs would be like. It would it would be pretty significant. It would. However, what I will tell you is that those losses can now be written off as losses so she can recoup them. And I don't I'm not saying that she's going to. I'm not saying that that, that was the whole point, right? But yeah, you're looking at, at at a nice little chunk of loss. However, when you look at it from a business point and, and from a human point, you're gonna lose it anyway. You might as well just give it to somebody who maybe has the capacity to hold it and then can use it to help themselves out during this yeah. time of need. I mean And it's really sweet, man. We had a lot of people who did that. That um, there have been a thousand, there have been thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of ice and water and food and everything just being donated all around the city to different areas. And you know what? It's nice that they're doing it right now. I get it. You know, a lot of the times people like to donate and give during the holiday season. It makes them feel better. It's called the warm and fuzzies that they get. It happens in these other times, these times of disaster, these times of need. And it, it, it shows that we're still human in the end. Um, eventually that, that, that luster wears off and then we go back to being jackasses. But listen, at the end of the day, we've been there several times. She's, she's always just like a super sweet lady. And they just caught me off guard because in the, just the contrast between her and the douchebag who was complaining about why he had his fucking chicken. I mean, listen, um, you know me, when I go to a place, I find something I like and that's what I order every fucking time time. I go there. All the time. Right? Like, I've been ordering the same sub from Hungry Bear since <laughs> fucking college in 2000. Man, I haven't been to Hungry Bear in forever. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been like a few weeks for me. But, like, I've been ordering the same chicken teriyaki sub from there since the year 2000. <laughs> so, yeah, I like my shit the way I like my shit. But she didn't fucking have it. This shit just happened. Order something the fuck else yeah. or leave. Complaining isn't going to suddenly produce the fucking chicken. And she was just like... Yeah, I'm sorry, hun. This and that and the other, and I, it just it caught very nice. Super awkward. She was just like, whatever. Yeah, no, she was awesome. Awesome. Next up, Senator Ted Cruz and his porn watching skills. Yeah. So here's the gist: Senator Ted Ted Cruz, his Twitter account, because we won't say that it's him, alleged him, but it's his Twitter account, liked a porn tweet that was sent out by a porn studio by, advertising a movie or a, yeah, a scene adver- or whatever. A scene, yeah. And, you know, everyone kind of ran with it. And it was funny, you know, for a couple time, for a couple days. Cruz has said that they have identified the person who, who liked the tweet himself. And they will, it will never happen again. And that they're not going to fire the person because it's pretty hard to fire yourself. They will just go on from there. That they're not going to give out the name because everyone knows it's him already. And they don't want to embarrass that person. The hypocrisy of all this is, though... Is that he's one of those first people who's going around. Yes. He tried to have sex toys banned. Yeah, he did. Like, I listen, mean, it's, what it, the fuck? It, listen, uh, it, politics are hypocrisy. Just, that's all it is. What the fuck? Sex toys? Here's the thing I want to know. What did he search to try to get to that that, that well, thing? Because he wasn't following the Twitter handle. Peep the hotness real quick. Because, you know, I'm an aficionado. The scene that he was, that he liked or whatever involved this porn chick called Corey Chase. Okay. Who she's like not like a really super popular whatever. She does a lot of niche type stuff. She's pretty hot for She's a little older. She's like in MILF status. Okay. But it was just really funny because the scene was like one of those, you you know, you caught me cheating or you, she, they walked, she walked into a couple fucking or some shit like that. So it was just 
really fucking funny, dude, because it's not like, you know, I, I think it would be more understandable if it was like a super popular mainstream porn chick. But because it was like deep in the weeds that yeah, he kind of yeah, went yeah. into, that's the part that really got me. It, you know, he I, had to work for that. Yeah, shit. I would have respected Cruz had he come out and said, man, you know, I had to rub one out. My yeah, bad. Dude, my bad. Like you that's know? that's why I love Billy so much. <laughs> Billy gave zero fucks. Just Z- like no care. one would have ever been surprised if it would have come out Bill Clinton was watching porn. Yeah, man. But this dude with his bullshit and you know, actually I just saw today kind of related to this that the congressmen or whatever in Florida are trying to pass some shit declaring porn a public health emergency. Why? Okay. Fuck, fuck me if I know, dude. But Dumbasses. you know that this this is what we're dealing with, and then. Homeboy goes in and he likes this tweet and it's just so funny, dude. And if you check out Corey Chase's Instagram account, she made a couple of reference to it, references to it over the week. They were pretty funny. Good for them. It, it got her and that scene a little bit of cred. Uh, and, you know. So, uh, lastly, you're our boy, your boy, nobody's boy. Fuck this, dude. Trumpito. El Presidente. El Capitan Pinga. Threatened to annihilate destroy an entire country today or yesterday i yes, don't even know please. anymore yesterday i'm telling you right now i'm building a wall nothing's gonna get through the wall yeah not even a nuclear bomb from rocket man in north korea so he wants he said he'd totally destroy i mean here you guys can listen to it now north korea's reckless pursuit of nuclear weapons and ballistic missiles threatens the entire world with unthinkable loss of human life. It is an outrage that some nations would not only trade with such a regime, but would arm, supply, and financially support a country that imperils the world with nuclear conflict. No nation on Earth has an interest in seeing this band of criminals arm itself with nuclear weapons and missiles. The United States has great strength and patience. But if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself and for his regime. Dude just decided he was going to call Kim Jong-un names, threaten to annihilate an entire country. And here's my question. Yes. Doesn't he realize that this is a supremely empty threat? Because there's no way, no way that he could launch any kind of strike on North Korea uh-huh. while they're holding their finger over the lives of the entire country of South Korea. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's no way, right? Yeah, you would think that what you, a lot of what I've seen a lot of is people saying, oh, man, how dare he say that? Here's another quote. We could obviously destroy North Korea with our arsenals. He told CBS News, but aside from the humanitarian costs of that, they're right next door to our vital ally, South Korea. All right. So, you know, somebody must have told him, dude, are you fucking kidding me right now? Did you see the, the pictures of John Kelly? By the way, that was Obama who said that. Oh, wow. Same, sh- same shit, different mouthpiece. So when he says these things, I don't, I see it from a different angle, right? I, I. You've got to at some point take apart. Well, hold on. Let's deconstruct. Uh-huh. Let's deconstruct what O just said there, though. Yeah. Because he said mm-hmm. we could, but there's a cost, and South Korea and homeboy never mentioned. He just said we're we're gonna fuck them up. He said we could destroy them. We could annihilate them. No, 
He didn't say we could. That's not what he said. Mm-hmm. He said, we w- if whatever, we will uh, not totally destroy North Korea. Yeah. He didn't could, say. Could. I could punch you in the face right now. Okay. I will not, but I could. Right? Listen, all I'm telling you is that those, those, those are two very similar statements made by two different men who know how to say things. And I will tell you this. No. I don't think that Trump is doing this because he wants to annihilate North Korea. I think he's doing it because he needs China and Russia and Japan and all of those guys, mainly China, though, to actually do something about North Korea. Because, listen, man, there's no nobody wins in a war over on the Korean Peninsula. Nobody. Yeah, here's, no, there's no here, way. Here's what happens. North Korea knows that they can't beat us. Listen, when if you're sitting there thinking, oh, man. North Korea's got that bomb. They're going to shoot it over. It's going to hit Seattle. Listen, dumbass, don't think that. They're not going to do that. Why not? Because they know exactly what happens when that happens. When they, the second, the second that that bomb goes off, right? That that rocket goes into the air, okay? We will have rockets that are going to go after it and try to hit it. Mind you, worst case scenario, it hits Seattle, right? Or wherever that they send it to. It hits Guam, whatever. You realize that... Five minutes, not even that. After it takes, it takes the, it takes them four minutes to, to shoot a nuke. Four minutes after they get the word that these people and and have validated these these guys have shot a missile off, and it's headed towards the continental United States, they will be gone. There will be a big fucking hole where North Korea used to be. Sure, but in the meantime, as soon as they see that we launched ours, they'll wipe out all of South Korea. They can, they can do their best. No, they they can wipe out they, all of South it's, Korea. It, it's not in the best interest of North Korea to do any of this. It, what what North Korea? Oh, needs. I agree. You're you're applying logic to two people who are as far from logical as we've ever seen run a country. Okay, and in uh, our lifetimes. Okay, but what you what you're also what, what you're also taking what you're not accounting for is the fact that these people want to continue to live. This Kim Jong Un guy wants his regime regime to keep going. He wants that kind of legacy that his father had and his grandfather had. Right? By shooting nukes, you don't get that. However, by wagging your little dick and saying, "Yeah, listen, we have these nukes," you do get things that whether it be humanitarian aid because you ran out of food or stuff like that. You do get things done. So you think he's doing this to get concessions yes. of some sort? Yeah, man. I They're guess. not in this to try to start a nuclear war. And that's where I, th- I get I get a little bit annoyed with the media. They're not in this to start a nuclear war. Nobody wants a nuclear war because essentially what would happen is a domino effect that would end half the life on this planet. And regardless of how crazy you think some of these leaders are, look, there is a part of them. And in every human, there's a part of survival. Yeah, self-preservation is a thing. I, exactly. I agree with you 100%. And that's what's going to happen. But I, also, but I also know ego is a thing. And their ego will tell them, well, I have a bunker. I got shit, whatever. I'll mm-hmm. survive. Fuck everybody else. That's the part that I think you're leaving out of the equation. Is that DC, so they have a fallout shelter. So they don't give a shit if, if we get nuked or not. They're good. We're collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure crazy fuckboy over there has the same shit. So... The issue isn't, they don't care about wiping out half the life on Earth. The only lives they care about is their own. I don't have the confidence that you have. I that, do. That I've these got people, the confidence. That these people give a shit enough not to do this shit. Because I've got confidence. They're, they're like kids with these fucking toys and they can't fucking wait, dude. 
It's like when I was 16 and I get a new video game, I couldn't wait to get home to tear open the plastic. I yeah. had to tear open the plastic and read the little book. You know, it sucks that the little books don't come in the games no more. God, you're such a nerd. Like, that shit was such a great you're feeling. You're such a fucking nerd. But that's how that shit was. And, and that's how these guys are. Okay. All right. All right. If you one day, boys and girls, wish to be president of the United States, assuming the United States still exists, we don't want you to be a moron <laughs> the way our current president of the United States is. So grab your pencils, your notebooks, sit down. It's time for AP class. All right. So we are going to talk about something that is near and dear to our hearts. Climate change. Now, listen, we're not going to call it global warming. We're going to do our best during this whole thing to not call it global warming. Why? Because it's all about how you market something, right? So for years, climates have been changing, right? The climate of this earth has been changing. But then... When you had a very left-wing liberal media and, you know, Al Gore start talking about global warming, you all of a sudden anchored that phrase down to being immediately hated by a certain group of people, whether it be the Republicans or, the, or whatnot. Climate change is a real thing. The climate changes over eons, over thousands and thousands of years. The Earth's climate has changed over thousands and thousands of years. Now... There are, and I have met, two types of people when it comes to climate change. There are the people who do not think the, chi- the, the climate is changing and that the earth is not getting warmer and cooler, or warmer or cooler. And then you have the other people who believe that the climate is changing, but that we can do nothing about it. Now, the more frustrating of those two groups are the people who feel that the earth isn't changing climates, right? They're the ones who, and, I, and this is what I believe, that most of America thinks that group of people are. We're going to, you know, we'll call them that group of people, but we know who they are. They're the more right-winged, right-leaning individuals. So we kind of want to wrap all of them up into that. They don't even believe in climate change. When that's not the case, a large majority of those people believe in climate change. But they believe that it's just something natural that we can't control. Okay. And so all of these emissions and everything else, sure, You can do that, but there's no point in spending, and this is what I've gotten, there's no point in spending billions and billions and trillions of dollars trying to curb climate change if it, no matter what you're going to do in a thousand, whether it be in a hundred years or in a thousand years, we're going to go through a hot age because we go through hot ages, we go through cold stages. Okay. All right? Sure. What do you mean, sure? I tend to believe a little bit of that. I tend to believe some of that science. So let me ask you a question. Okay. You take a shit right now. Yes. Uh, that'd be weird. I'm in your bedroom. You would, but you take a shit. Okay. <laughs> you take a shit right now. Okay. Do you wipe your ass? I do. Okay. Yes. Why? Next time you take a shit, it's just going to get dirty again. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay. But so, I also don't want it to get crusty and I don't want to walk around with all it. All right. Well, there you go. At some point, I will take a shit and not you wipe have my to, ass. You have to weigh short term and long term. It doesn't matter if a hundred years from now it's mm-hmm. gonna it may or may not happen anyway. It's actually happening right now. No, so I'm not you, saying that it's not happening. I'm so, saying that it's happening. So, okay. So then if you can do something to help curb it right mm-hmm. now, or that may potentially do so, what is the harm? You're spending trillions of dollars on shit anyway. You're spending how do you think digging for oil is free? Just take the money you put in and digging for oil and put that shit into solar panels. Same result with no fucking side effects. It's not that complicated. It's not as efficient, but yes, sure. 
You don't get the same amount of power from solar panels that you do from that nice crude black oil. Yeah, but huh? you know what? You know what else you don't get? Nine fucking earthquakes in the last week over 5.0. Yeah, but that's not that, that's not from oil. How the fuck do you know? Let me ask you a question because yeah. this is this is my take on it, right? Okay. The planet we live on is. Do you consider it a living organism? Um, more or less, yeah. Why not? Okay. So. Do you think that the largest living organism that we have any kind of contact with won't have a like a market correction the way everything else has a market correction? So you think it's cool that we can just keep digging into it and throwing shit in the air and all the crazy shit that we do. And it's not at some point going to be like, like, hold on a second and and correct itself. That's what's hap- That's what I believe is happening right now. All these crazy storms and all these crazy earthquakes, it's it's the earth doing a market correction on all the shit that happens to it on a daily basis. We are, if there was one thing I liked about the Matrix movies, if there was one line I liked about it, was when Agent Smith said, we are a fucking virus, dude. We are a virus on the planet. And the planet, every so often, has to like give itself an antibody. Okay. And this is these, that's what these things are. That's that's my belief. I don't believe in it in a religious way or a spiritual way. I just think that you can only if you take any other object, you mm-hmm. can only dig so far into it before you fuck with the structural integrity. Right? The greenhouse effect, we've actually seen it happen on a small scale. So, if it's actually been proven on a small scale, why do we suddenly think that on a large scale it doesn't work? It's makes no sense, dude. Shit that we do to the planet has to have repercussions. Okay, then why isn't the planet attacking those areas? What do you mean? Well, you're saying that the shit that we do to the planet... Uh, you know, the sky is fucking everywhere. Okay. We throw shit in the sky everywhere. But the hurricanes and, and the earthquakes have all been pretty... No, there's earthquakes in Mexico. There was one in Japan. There was one in fucking Peru yesterday. There was one in Cali. Like, oh. it's not... Interesting. Yeah, they're not isolated incidents. Okay. In the last week, there's been five earthquakes over a magnitude of 5.0. The one that just hit in Japan was a 7.1, and it was a couple hundred miles away from the Fukushima fucking reactor. Like, no, dude. This shit is happening everywhere. And how is it that we get not one, but two landfalls of the biggest storms in history in the same hurricane season within tweaks of each other? Because they're controlling the weather. That's, oh, I forgot about Weather Wizard, dude. You forgot about Weather Wizard, man. I forgot about Weather Wizard, Stop. dude. And Quake. Quake is doing the earthquakes, and True Weather Wizard is doing the, fucking, doing the weather. No, what's her name? Tara from Teen Titans. Oh, okay, Tara there from you Teen go. Titans fucking up with the earthquakes, and Weather Wizard is fucking with the with the her. My bad, dude. True you know, that. it happens. So, so, going back to what you said, I, I, I kind of, I'm sorry, I kind of. No, no, you tangented, and that was good. Bowled you know? through you here. But so you you're on the belief that it kind of is is a normal progression and that I'm on, I'm a, I'm of the belief that regardless of human interference, that the earth does go through hot and cold spells. Right. Okay. So I do believe that the, that humans have added. And, or, right. Well, that, sped, that was my can it yeah. be both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do believe that, that that humans have sped that process up. Okay. I really do. I do believe that that the way that we've behaved and the way we're using the fossil fuels and kind of putting the gases into the air, that we do kind of speed up this this process that this natural process that's happening. Okay, what I don't know is 
you know, we've already gone one way. Like, there's not, there's not really any coming back from this. There's no, you know, we've already hit the thresholds. Actually, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that yesterday on on my Yahoo feed, I just saw a thing that there's a group of scientists now that came out and said that that we're not as far back, as far gone as some of the projections had shown. Oh, okay. That there's there's still an opportunity or whatever to 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 get ahead of that. It's hard to like say when you see these random reports, you know, what's legit or what is sourced or uh-huh. what is backed by special interest groups or whatever but you kind of just have to see with your own eyes i guess and make your your, your own judgment call here well, on whether he, you believe this shit is legit or not here's something crazy so um i have a friend who boats a lot right he's been he's he's older but he's lived here his whole life and he's been going to the same dock and the same boat ramp for 40 years and when he tells me listen I've not seen the water get any higher than this point ever. It's not coming up. The water's not encroaching on. It just stays at these points. During high tide, it gets this high. During low tide, it gets this tide. And besides that, it never changes. Okay. And he says, where is where are all of these rising sea levels? You know, if it's not doing it here. So, so if it's not doing it in one spot in a planet that's covered by 75% of water. Then it's not happening anywhere. I mean, that's his. That's his theory. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. I mean, that I mean, absolutely. So if there's no one getting raped right now in this house, then rape doesn't happen anywhere. Oh, you're a Ted Cruz fan, huh? It's fucking stupid, dude. Like, get a fucking clue. Watch a movie. Listen, tell tell your boy to go watch the docu the Before the Flood documentary that Leo Leo DiCaprio did, and then tell him to holler back at me. See, that's the thing. You can't continue to have these already labeled liberals doing this media. You need to have somebody else do it. You Dude, 99% just... of all scientists agree that climate change is a real thing. Oh, no. And that's, 90... part, of, that's part of the argument to win when Nine. you're talking to somebody who doesn't believe in climate change is, listen, you might not believe in it, but more people are starting to believe in it. And whether or not you like it or not, and whether you're, you're going to go down kicking and screaming about, oh, climate change is real, it's not real, then more people believe it, it's going to become a big deal. What's funny is that these same people will argue with you that the rule of law means this and that, and the, the word of God means this and that. Where's the evidence and this and that and the other? Well, even when they're presented with evidence, yeah. then it's it's fake news. It's, this, it's bullshit. It's liberal conspiracy. So where is where is the tipping point? What is what is it that has to be done to, to present... Well, I mean- we know where that tipping point is. That tipping point is them, the day that their house blows away. Yeah, them standing at their house and a fuck in Kansas and a fucking tsunami comes and destroys them. Awesome. So that's yeah. So it's when it's too late. Yes. Awesome. That's. Have you not watched any movies ever? Yeah, I understand that, but th- you'd hope no that we're the the same people, right? That we're talking about how in these moments of disaster and crisis show you that there's still humanity. Mm-hmm. left in our species will not act until the moment when the disaster and crisis has happened as yeah. opposed to using our collective fucking brains the things that supposedly separate us from you know mm-hmm. all the other species on the planet yeah to curb these things of course. to prevent these tragedies from happening of course they're not going to do that yeah that that's the part that gets me dude yeah if the evidence is telling you if people who are far smarter than you or I or and most of them is telling them 
this shit is real, mm-hmm. my dude, like, get on board. Get on board the train. This is not about believe or don't believe. We just <laughs> had a hurricane that was barreling down on this city at 175 miles an hour. We just had another one that hit Puerto Rico at 155 miles an hour. Yep. Two weeks apart. Like, get a grip. It, whatever. It, I, don't, I don't even know what to tell you anymore. Good. Eventually, there are going to be a number of people that are going to gravitate towards it being the truth and we need to actually do something about it or try to do our best to do something about it, that it's just going to become the thing. So we just have to wait until it outnumbers, until the numbers shift. Exactly. But eventually, the the vast majority of people will believe in it and you're just like, all right, cool. And then everybody else just kind of gets shamed. Like, it'll be like, I don't want to be that one idiot. Yes. Yeah. And there'll be a tipping point and that'll be it. And then there you go. Okay. It's like assimilation. It's like America. It will no longer be white. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you. All right, bro. You know around here we work hard, but we play harder. Let's put the stuff in your locker. It's time for the free period. All right. So we're going to get into something a little more uh, serious than climate change. And far more important. And far more important. With much more... This long, is the problem with America. Short-term and long-term repercussions. This is the problem with America. Yeah, 100%. Because we sit there and we do this whole diatribe about how, how it's important about climate change. And we got to be, be vigilant and we got to do this. And then we're like, yeah. yeah but the only, but the only thing that matters is who I'm starting in the flex ball. Exactly. What are we going to do with our flex football, our fantasy football position? So we're getting into fantasy football. Look, we told you earlier on in the season when we started that we wanted to do a fantasy football episode. Unfortunately, we had a fucking hurricane that came through and destroyed our fantasy football episode. Sorry, Plex. Yeah. I know you wanted to do Hop on there. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the fantasy football season, and we're going to talk about the football season just a little bit in general. First and foremost, my Dolphins. Pulled out a squeaker on Sunday. Woo! You know, that's not how you want to win, and those W's are ugly, but at some point, the W's don't matter how you got there. It's like the old saying in baseball, even a little blooper, it looks like a line drive on the stat sheet, bro. Yep, exactly. So we got, we're we're one and one. Our first game, of course, was postponed because of Hurricane Irma, and we were playing, luckily, we were playing a team in Florida, so, and a, a team that has the same bye week as us. So I, it's going to be interesting to see. I've seen some things written about how... Now you guys have like 13 weeks in a row or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they don't have a bye week. Yeah, Plex is pretty bummed about that. I mean, look, I get it. I do. I understand. That's kind of like the college football season. That happens yeah. in college football all the time. Sometimes they'll have like a week one bye and then they run straight. Yeah, and then they just run straight. Like, listen, you get over it. You guys get paid millions of dollars. You'll do your best. And look, it, it's understandable that people are going to get hurt during the season. And yeah, I guess you'll have this season to look back and go, oh, did the Dolphins and the, and the Bucks were they more injury prone than any other team? You know what I mean? The injury thing is a is a is kind of a separate conversation. You think fatigue is it's just going to get into them? I do think that scheduling lends to the injury situation. Like if you're a team that plays Sunday night and then plays Thursday night, that's fucked up. 
or a team that plays Sunday at all and then plays Thursday is fucked yeah. up. I think the the schedule needs to be arranged so that you're the team leading who plays up, Monday. Leading up to the Thursday game, you had that bye the week before. Yeah. You know, it remains to be seen, like you said, if as the season progresses, if you if the Dolphins and the Bucks sustain more injuries. Yeah. I think that's possible. But what I'm more interested in seeing is, like you said, injuries notwithstanding, how fatigue plays into their performance yeah. in late December. Yeah. You know. But what the and, and here's the interesting point that I that I thought about. Do you think that it matters? Do you think game for for the Dolphins? Do you think game two? You know, because I mean, week two and the way they feel after week two compounds and changes by week 13 or 14 well i don't think it matters because you guys suck and you guys will be out of it by week seven anyway all right redskin fan what's yeah, your record well, one and one too. exactly we'll get into well yeah okay exactly in all in all seriousness to answer your question you guys do suck but no in all seriousness what's the what's the i don't understand your question okay so what i'm asking is these football players after they play a game on sunday you've heard oh man monday we're just beat you know right. what i mean we're just beat beat to shreds do you think that that changes from the game after week two to the game after week twelve? So do I think it compounds, like it builds on itself? I'm asking, are they you, more tired after week twelve? Yeah, I'm asking. Do you think the bye week really even matters in the middle of the season? Do you think a whole week changes the way they feel? Oh, how, how does how does that work for you when you're on, when you go on vacation at work? I'm never on vacation. I'm always working. So I, I legit am always working, bro. You and Disney. Every other day. Dude. Yeah, and I'm answering phone calls and ordering things all the time. True that. I'm um, always working. I never stop. I work all the time. Okay, fair enough. Which is why we need to make this thing profitable. I know. I, I do. I think that it's easier to recover from some, you know, the bumps and bruises and, and the aches and sprains after week two than it is after week 13. Okay. Because, it you know, the human body, again, it's it's an organism and it can only take so much. Okay. That's that's how I, I see that working. That's why I think that the the way they do the scheduling really matters. That's why I think the preseason is bullshit. I think that two games should be more than, you know, one game where the starters play an entire game, the other one where they play maybe a half. What more do you need? I mean, right now, they're not playing that much anyway. There's four no. preseason games, and if you add up the total number of minutes, yeah. they're not playing a full game and a half of football. So what's the use? Speaking of the skins, you mentioned them earlier. They are I also... Did. One and one. We lost in horrifying fashion in week one to a team that we've controlled pretty easily in the Kirk Cousins era, Philly Eagles. I still can't believe Kirk Cousins is your fucking... Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Because, you know, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is so amazing. Bro. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Jay Cutler. Give me the pen, please. Jay Cutler is going to be our, our this year's Chad Pennington. Watch, we're going to the... We're going to go... Jay the, Cutler is El Terrible. Nah, nah, dude. We're going to... We're gonna go to the. We're gonna. We're not gonna go to the ship. But we're gonna go to the playoffs with him. He's gonna be. You're not gonna come remotely close to the playoffs. The dude, dude, dude. Y we will. No, not even close. 
Kirk Cousins is seeming to be hurting with the loss of Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Mm-hmm. Terrell Pryor has a, had a case of the drops over the first two games. Mm-hmm. So that's not been helpful for Kirk. But he did throw the game-winning touchdown on Sunday. We ran for 229 yards, so they finally established the running game. So that was pretty good to watch okay. in highlights because I didn't get to see the game. I'm actually – so listen, guys. Uh, I asked for a pen, and I was writing and stuff, and I was semi-ignoring Black here. Yeah, that's fine. Because I'm actually doing fantasy football work <laughs> while I'm here. So, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. So, all right. Let's dig down to the fucking the important shit. Okay. But Tom Brady's God. Dude, yo, he got me so many points. Tom Brady's God. He got me so many points. I he he had that one bad week in week one, and everybody one, was yeah. talking so much shit. And oh, I'm just like, Tom Dude, Brady's over. Tom Brady's Tom over. Tom Brady is Jesus. Yep, and he came back and just destroyed them. I mean, it's stupid. It was awesome. Had 170 it? yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter. I know. I opened up my app and I go, "Yep, this is gonna be a good day." Yeah. And so, so this week, this week in my fantasy football team, I was playing. Um, uh, the Rochester Royals. They are a team that has been very, very, very lackluster. In fact, the owner of the team releases a press release that's written almost like a real football press release every week after after he loses the game. Why have you not sent me this before? Dude, it is... I'm gonna. How had that not gone on the Instagram page? Dude, I'm telling you right now, it is the most amazing thing. He wrote it this morning. I took a, like two or three minutes just to read it. Holy shit, that shit is long. Yeah, that's it right there. You know, he wrote things like, The Royals are an embodiment of working class grit and high sexual proclivity, but quality football has eluded us. We wasted a pretty high draft pick on Greg fucking Olsen, who made it to the IR before he made it to the end zone. Oh, man. Who is this and why is he so, not my friend? This this guy, is, his name is David Barry. He's an author. He's a friend. Not the author, David Barry, but he's, another, he's a friend of mine, David Barry. He he runs his own little marketing firm. He does everything. Like He's a really funny guy. David so, Barry, you're awesome, dude. Yeah. I want to be friends. <laughs> so he uh, he releases this. So last year, he I forgot what he had named his team, and they were sucking so bad. So he came out with this huge press release about how they were rebranding in hopes of having a better a better turnaround. <laughs> and then, that's amazing. And so it has been it has been a highlight of our of our fantasy football league. And you know some of us buy into it and we we try to do our own. None of them are ever as good as his. Oh, um sure. but so our fantasy football league is, is fun. It is a paid it is a paid league. Like sure. we pay to get in. There are some individuals who take it very seriously. Then there are others who don't. Every week, the highest scorer wins five bucks, and we used to call it the foot long because the five dollar foot long. But now it's sure. a six dollar foot long, which yeah. sucks. But yeah, our the fantasy football league is fun. It's called Hurricane Katrina, not because we're mean, but because the first time they drafted Hurricane Katrina had just hit Miami, gotcha. and they had to do a real life draft. I am the owner of a lovely team called the Gentlemen Bandits. We are continuously always the fifth spot always out of the playoffs oh, never that sucks yeah we are always right in the middle it's a keeper league it is a keeper league for two years and then the third year like we're this is our last this was our last year of a keeper league so now everyone's squared squared away okay my two keepers this year were michael thomas and and uh and david johnson <laughs> that hurts it hurts it hurts doesn't it each year I've gotten, so the last couple of years, I've gotten the reputation in my fantasy football league of dropping a guy way too early and then he blows up. One of them was Freeman a couple of years ago. Ah, uh, Devontae Freeman? Yep. Fuck, dropped him. Dude. Wasn't doing anything. I said, fuck this guy. Dropped him and then he blew up. Good call. Yep. Real nice. Real good. So that's our league. 
It's real fun. We do what we can. And you're right. and you're one and one so far. I am one and one, and so I just I just initiate or I didn't initiate it, but I just approved a trade for who was it? oh I am I will be giving up Michael Thomas, and in in return I will be getting C J Anderson. Okay, which I feel is a good trade. I needed some running back help right now. My running backs are Leonard Fournette, um, uh, Mike Mike Tolbert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and jeez, um, and it's a ten or a twelve team league. It's a ten. It's a ten team league. Damn, and your backup after Fournette and David Johnson was Mike Tolbert. No, it was Mark Ingram. Oh, okay. So it was. So it was David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, and then Tolbert, gotcha. who was way down there. I picked him because I thought he'd be the, the touchdown vulture, which he was that first game. He's not now. So, like I said, my my wide receivers were better. They weren't, you know, I had Dante Moncrief. I had Michael Thomas. I have Tariq Hill. I have... Oh, Tariq Hill's a stud. Yeah, man. Yeah, boy. So, so yeah, we're good. And my you t- have Brady at QB. Oh, yeah, and I have Brady at QB. And then I have Dak as my backup for that one week that Brady's not going to play. So, my tight ends are fine. I got... Who is it that I got? I got the fucking guy from the, from the Vikings. Rudolph. Yes, I have Kyle Rudolph. And then I picked up some other dude. And then that my, I'm, this year I'm doing something I haven't done ever. I am... Uh, streaming defenses? Streaming defenses. Okay. Don't care. Just going to keep streaming a defense. Get this. My both kickers, my drafted, kick, my drafted kicker was Janikowski. Me too. Who then went on the IR. And then I picked up the Phillies kicker who then went on the IR. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of fucked there. So... I did approve that one. The one trade. I feel like it's it's decent right now. Though is it? It's a it's a veto league. Like they got to vote yeah, for the trades. Yeah, okay. they'll vote for the trades. I did just get a uh, a text message, which is why I was writing stuff down on what would I want for David Johnson. You know, he he should be coming back in a couple weeks. Uh, what six seven weeks something yes, like that. Yes, fucking half. That's most of the fantasy football season. Yeah, now. but if you're looking at if you're looking at you're somebody who consistently makes the playoffs, having somebody down in that spot, just taking an IR spot and then bringing them in. Who will come back because right now the, the Cardinals just picked up CJ. Like, I understand, but having that David Johnson might be that boost that gets you into the championship or winning the championship. You know what I mean? Right. And that could that, that could very well mean your season. So he said, what would you like for David Johnson? David Johnson. So what you tell him? my battery was dying and I had to write down his. No, I'm gonna, we're going to spitball this. Okay. My battery was dying. And so I wrote down his roster. He And I wrote down the guys that would be there. I will start from shittiest to least shittiest. Okay. okay? Uh, Sanu, he has CJ2K, who I'm not. He has Fat Rob, all right, who I'm not really high on right now, who's been just fucking garbage. Are you kidding me? Dude. Did you watch this week? I told you I don't have, I didn't have oh, cable this Oh, no, week. dude. He he got, what happened was he got banged up. They hit him. They, he has like a chest contusion or whatever, but he had like 14 carries for 78 yards before he got hurt. Okay. He was murdering the Rams. Okay. Keep going. He's got uh, McFadden. Uh-huh. Dalvin Cook. Okay. Jay Jones from the Falcons, not the Julio. Okay. No. Is that Julio? Yes, Julio Jones. Oh, yeah. Ooh, maybe I want Julio. <laughs> Somebody just got a boner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Travis Kelsey and Zeke. Okay, he's not going to give you Julio Jones. So. I was thinking Dalvin. Listen. In your situation, if you can get Dalvin and Kelsey or even Fat Rob and Kelsey, I'd take that deal. Fat Rob and Kelsey? Kyle Rudolph's great in spots, but Sam Bradford's health is who is my not certain right now. Hold on. I forgot who's my I'm gonna look up my backup fucking tight so, end. Yeah, but who the fuck cares? Travis Kelsey is tearing shit up. And I had Travis Kelsey two years ago. Uh huh. 
and so he did the same thing la- that he did. Well, he started off really hot and then fell off towards the end of the season. Uh-huh. So if you're going to buy on him, now's the time. Because I don't, you know, if that pattern persists, you know, he'll put up big, big points through like week seven or eight and then kind of tail off. Hunter Henry. If you can get Travis, I mean, David Johnson is not supposed to be back for six to eight weeks at minimum. Yeah. If he comes back in five more weeks, so this is already a week old. If he comes back in five more weeks, the trade's not great. But if he comes back in nine weeks and it's not a keeper league this year, it's not. This is yeah. yeah. Listen, in with with your roster as it's presently constructed, if you can get Kelsey and and Dalvin Cook for sure, I I'd think take I, that I th- deal. I think I throw. I think I, I would definitely do Cook and Kelsey. I and I'll throw it to him. Like, Yo, listen, I'll take Cook and Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I actually what I'd do if I was you, I'd ask for Cook, Kelsey, and Fat Rob and see if you. That's, that's a lot. All right, but then you give him a throw in. You give him Henry. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You give him a fucking throw in peace. But, you know, you make the argument that Fat Rob is, you know, he's banged up and whatever. He's on a shitty team, this mm-hmm. and that and the other. You're getting David fucking Johnson, the best running back in the league. And it's a PPR league, right? No, it's not. Uh, okay. So uh, that kind of slightly, slightly decreases David Johnson's value by like about a hair. Yeah. Um, he's still a top flight running back. I don't know, dude. I am. It's weird because in Plex and I share the. I'm in two leagues, mm-hmm. and in one of them, Plex and I share that we, we co-captain that team or whatever. And every time there's a trade situation, what he does is he asks for the most outlandish package possible, mm-hmm. and then he works his way down. I try to start from a place of let's find something that we can both agree on, something that's not so disrespectful, right? Pretty quickly, and let's get it done. Yeah. But what's what's happened is that he's pulled this shit off a number of times. We traded, and the guys in my league who are listening to this are gonna fucking lose their minds. Two years ago, we traded Darren McFadden for Tom Brady and rode Tom Brady to a championship, <laughs> and these people lost their fucking minds because they thought that us and the other guy were colluding. So. <laughs> You know, we would. I would have never even thought to make that offer. Never even thought to make. I that mean, offer. I'll send the text now. Kelsey, Fat, Robin, Cook. Yeah, but that it's a lot for just one guy. Right, but like I said, give him a throw in. Give him fucking Moncrief. I, what if I? What if I threw in Kyle Rudolph? Okay, that's more fair. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, you start. Yeah. You start with this outlandish offer, and then work your way down. By the time you're done, you got. You, you never know. He, if if he's desperate enough at running back, I mean, I don't know what his. Based on, I don't, his, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if those are his running backs, if it's Dalvin Cook, McFadden, and and Fat Rob, you know, he's gonna and need Zeke. Okay, so imagine what he would do with Zeke and David, David Johnson, Johnson once David Johnson's healthy. I mean, he might he might just be so excited at that prospect that he takes the deal. Yeah, we'll see. So, is that the one league you're in? Yeah, I, I, I'm only in one league. How many leagues are you in? Two in. I'm in All two. Right. All right, so let's talk about the one with you and Plex. All right, so the one that Plex and I are in, it's a 10-team league. It's a non-PPR. Uh-huh. It's a two, two-keeper two league. Uh, we got in the league five, five, six years ago now. We won twice so far. Nice. The The guy who won the last year, he's won back-to-back. We we lost him in the finals because uh-huh. Tyreek Hill ran that 78-yard touchdown, and that's what fucking beat us or whatever. Mm-hmm. So our keepers this year were Le'Veon Bell, so okay. automatic. And then we were tossed up in between Brandon Cooks and T.Y. Hilton. Uh-huh. We went with T.Y. Hilton. That's looking like a mistake Dude, right that now. Andrew Luck, like, did, did that not worry you at all? 
So we found out about the Andrew Luck thing the day keepers were supposed to be announced. Oh. So right, like right before we we called the commission to t- or texted the commission to tell them what we were gonna do, we had that discussion really quick. And then that was also when Amendola went down. Yeah. So you know Brandon Cooks' value was even higher potentially. So we kind of went back and forth on it, but Ty had such a monster year last year that it was hard to to turn him away because if Luck's thing was two weeks or whatever, then Ty would be Ty. Yeah. No, look- I, I totally agree. He wrote back, what the fuck, LOL. <laughs> and then he wrote, Cook isn't on my team anymore. But he was on the roster. So I was like, yo, I'll take Cook. Like, fuck it. Cook, what do you mean? He got rid of him? I guess he had traded. I guess he traded Cook earlier in the day. I just didn't see that. Oh, okay. That's so. pretty funny. Listen, yeah. man, you got you to gotta start high. Yeah. No. If he's not going to, if he's going to leave it up to you to make an offer, as opposed to him just making you an offer. Yeah, like, no, fuck that. Ask for some ridiculous shit. Yeah. Now you can go back to him and say, all right, dude, well, make me a realistic offer if you think mine's so absurd. Yeah. And see what he gives you and then go dude, from there. I'd, I'd take Julio Jones. I just gave up Michael Thomas. He so ain't giving you Julio Jones, though. You don't think he'd give me Julio for just David? Straight up. As his team is constructed, I'd, I wouldn't do that if I was him. Because his wide receivers are kind of dependent on that one anchor. Yeah. I mean, whatever, dude, offer it. But see, I just tell him to make you an offer and see what he says. Yeah. What the hell did you? What the fuck? What? It's swipe, bro. You don't know about swipe. Get no. Swipe, swipe or no swiping, my swipe dude. Swipe or no swiping. Get on, get on your most efficient life, bro. Live your best life. Okay. Come on. So, so yeah. So we got, we kept Le'Veon and Ty. Uh-huh. We drafted Fournette with our first pick. I don't know how the fuck he fell to us at wow. five. Wow. But we got him with the number five pick. My receivers are. All right, so I got T.Y., Chris Hogan, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. 7-11, baby. And those were those were my picks at receiver. Tight end, we kind of... Oh, and Doug Baldwin. Okay. We kind of reached... I fucked up in the draft, and we kind of reached for Jordan Reed. So at that, po- at that point, it was either Reed or Devontae Parker. Okay. And we went Reed just because his, his you know, high yeah, end potential. His ceiling was higher. Yeah. What, we, but we have Kyle Rudolph as the backup. Oh, hey. So we're good with we're now good you're trying there. to me trying trying to me trying to get me to get rid of Kyle Rudolph. And uh we have Derek Carr and Matt Stafford at quarterback. Derek Carr's gonna have an MB, MVP season, bro. Uh, I think so. I mean first week he was kinda meh, but this last week he put up thirty points. Wow. And we, we drafted Carolina's defense, but we're we're in the stream defense camp. Yeah. I'm I'm solidly behind that strategy. It's really funny how how drafting has changed over the years. Like when I first got in, it was running back, running back, running back. You like the first four rounds were all fucking running backs, and then you went wide receiver, and then you know quarterback somewhere in the middle. And some people still do it that way, but now now you see people who I mean there are some who will take depending on the quarterback will do quarterback first, then wide receiver or wide receivers first. Yeah, I can. I mean, in this league, running backs are still like the the premium shit. Yeah, somebody. They did pick up Aaron Rodgers and with their first pick. I think it was the last pick in the first round. Well, my third pick was was Brady. Right. So you know, quarterbacks. Those two quarterbacks in particular deserve to go up there. But if someone's picking fucking you know Matt Ryan in the first round, if you look at the value difference between Matt Ryan last year and Kirk Cousins, it's not that much. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can get quarterback help later. This week we picked up. Cleveland's defense against Indy because Indy's got the worst offense in the fucking world right now. Uh huh. And then in the uh, then I'm in an auction league. I don't okay. know if you've done an auction. No, draft. I've never done an auction. It's the most fucking fun thing. Ever. Yeah. The draft itself is so much more fun than that shitty ass regular snake, snake draft. draft. 
I I definitely recommend you you guys try that one year. That one's a PPR league. Yeah. We expanded to 12 teams this year. And that league's got a bunch of shit like you get 10 free moves during the season, but then every move after that's like five additional dollars to the pot. And there's all kinds of little incentive things like that. In that one, I went with a combo of Mariota at quarterback and Delaney Walker at tight end. Okay. My running backs are Marshawn. Ty Montgomery. So wait, how does this work? So what you you get a a pot of money to pay for players, right? And if you go over, you have to add more money into the pot, right? Yeah. So basically, it's you get like two hundred dollar, okay, two hundred dollar cap, okay, right? So first guy throws a name out there, Le'Veon Bell at twenty five bucks, da 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 da. Everybody bids until you know going once, going twice, sold. I think Le'Veon Bell went for like seventy two dollars, okay, this year. Our hard cap is two fifteen. So anything you go from two, anything you go from over two hundred to two fifteen, every dollar you go is five additional actual real dollars to the pot. Okay. So I think I went over by two bucks because I needed to fill out my team um, at the end there, or whatever. Uh huh. So my running back situation, I had Ty Montgomery, the Marshawn Lynch, and Joe Mixon. Okay. Was my three headed rushing attack. Yeah. Mixon hasn't done much. No. Just yet. Not a lot. Um, at receiver, I have Antonio Brown. I, I went 64 bucks for Antonio Brown, which compared to what David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell went for was actually a fucking steal, let me tell you. And then my other receiver is Kelvin Benjamin. Okay. I, I like that. Yeah. And then I have also a receiver. I got a, a bunch of like... You know, I have uh, Deshaun Jackson and Alan Hearns that uh, I picked up off the waiver okay. wire. In both leagues, I'm one and one. I won the first week both times, and then we got you got beat. I got blasted. This last week, it came down to uh, Matt Prater. I had Matt Prater, and he had Matthew Stafford. Oh man! And Matthew Stafford had a shitty game, but I lost by ten points. Oh, that's 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 so heartbreaking. But yeah, that was that's you know where we are right now. Um, if for you guys, if you're looking for some for some flex help this this week, I recommend uh, Rashard Higgins from Cleveland. Indy's defense sucks, and Rashard Higgins is now the number one option there you at go. receiver right you're getting, now. For getting Cleveland. hot takes over here. He got 11 targets last week, so if he's getting if he's getting that many targets, he's he's worth a flex spot play against a shitty 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 defense. So I'm being offered Fat Rob and maybe Thielen, 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 Thielen. Get the fuck out of here. For David Johnson? Yeah. No. He's like, Fat Rob and Kelsey. That's the that's the bottom line price. Because Fat Rob just banged up. You don't even know when he's going to play. David Johnson, I guarantee you, if you look at last season, I was pretty nearly outscored both those dudes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe you give him Henry. You know what I'm saying? Tell him you'll give him Henry as 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 a throw-in for, for his tight end situation. Yeah. But no, bro. No. Negative, Ghost Rider. It's David Johnson, dude. I said, I said Fat Rob is banged up. Just yeah. using, I'm just using yours. And I said, Fat Rob and Kelsey, and I'll throw in Henry. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. So, yeah. You have any waiver moves you like this week besides Higgins? I tried to pick up, and I got denied. I tried to pick up. Who did I try to pick up? Some guy. Fuck it. Nah, it wasn't a big deal, though. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I, I was looking through, and I was like, eh. I, I, there were no big waiver moves that I was like, I need to grab this guy. I'm not a very reactionary person. I need to see. I know there are people in our league who are super reactionary. Who oh, yeah, to they, see, they're, they're, like that one the creeper that's on. Yeah. At, as soon as the waiver shit hits, they're yeah. on there. But going crazy. That, it's always that one dude who 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 has a Shots breakout. Yeah, <laughs> it's always that one dude who has a breakout weekend, and then you never hear from him again. And oh. then 
that they, they, you know, this guy's got to be right there on the front of the waiver wire. I've got to get him. I've got to get him. I've got to get him. And then he plays him the next week. Or the worst part is that you pick that guy up off the waiver wire and then you just let him sit there. And yep. you're like, come on, man. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Just so D, D's like that. He he's like the guy who creeps on the waiver wire as soon as you can, and then he's he stays up to see who got who or whatever. <laughs> he drafted. He had the he had the first pick this year, and he drafted fucking Kareem Hunt. Ooh. And I remember when that shit happened, we were all like, "What the fuck?" And right now he's looking like a fucking yeah, genius. he's looking like a genius. So good job, buddy. I actually offered him because he has Olsen. Okay. So I asked him if he had any interest in Reed, and he just was like, "No, I'm good." So so he thinks Olsen, Olsen's gonna come back, huh? No, I just I I think maybe he thinks he can stream tight ends. Streaming tight ends is a lot harder than streaming, streaming defenses. Defenses, man. Yeah, I feel you. It's not as easy as I guess. I picked up Alex Smith also in the auction league on waiver just because Mariota's been slightly disappointing. Alex Smith is always a smart play, man. I don't, I don't. I know people aren't. He's not the flashy play, but he's always he's a smart play sometimes. Well, this year he's been airing the ball out more than he ever has before. I mean, that first game he had a couple of plus fifty yard completions for touchdowns, yeah, which is out of character for him. So I don't know that I'll start him often. But this week I'm starting him because Mariota's got a shitty matchup. I think they're playing Seattle. Yeah. That's where we're at in fantasy, guys. You know, when we post on the show. Fantasy talk. Yeah. When we post on the on the Instagram page or in the email, hit us up. Let us know what your fantasy fantasy teams are like, what they're doing. If yeah. You, if you have any waiver questions. questions or whatever, let us know, bro. Yeah. You'll get Ray's actual good thought out and reviewed and um, read up on opinion. And then you'll just get my blatant disregard for everything and i'll just tell you to pick up tim tebow <laughs> tim fucking tebow yo jesus loves him he does but not as much as he loves tom brady oh, Tom Brady. because i think tom brady is just jesus so i was at a sports bar right before the hurricane and it was when um it was t- it was the thursday night game the tom brady was playing and i'm sitting at sports grill and i'm there with a bunch of friends and i'm just yelling let's go tom and people are looking at me like, you're such a traitor. Oh, yeah, dude. Miami people cannot stand that dude, bro. But I don't, you know, I don't, get, I don't give a shit anymore. He's on my team, so I need him to score a 1,000 yeah. points. Oh, no. That's the beauty of fantasy football is that it's just. Exactly. It's just, just like you don't. That's why I can't, I can't play fantasy baseball. Why? Oh, the, because it'll ruin. The one year I played it, I drafted Manny Ramirez. When he was stood on the Red Sox, <laughs> and it felt like every fucking time we were, he was. They were. It was when they were playing the Yankees, and it was like, how can I be rooting for this guy to hit a jack or yeah, get man. this ribby? It, it'll it'll mess you up in the head. It fucks me up. I can't do that shit. My Yankeeness is so severe. Ooh, maybe maybe we turn that into an AP discussion one day about how fantasy football has changed men's mental capacity and how it hurts them sometimes. True that. I like it. I like it. Oh. Did I get? Did I just get rejected? Let's see. No, I didn't get rejected yet. Hold All on, right. we'll see. I'll let you know though. All right, I'll keep you in touch, ladies and gentlemen. That is the show for this week. We thank you for sticking with us. As always, you can catch us on the iTunes podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Podbean. Every new episode's on SoundCloud because we don't want to pay. And you can also catch us on. Instagram, Instagram, back of the bus podcast, and uh, you can send us an email. We got a ton of emails. Oh, I wanted to mention that towards the end. I hate doing it at the end, but you know what? Sometimes it comes in the butt. Um, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, last time we were here, we were talking about how we never got emails, and some of you dickwads 
sent us emails. I want to thank you, dickwads, and keep sending us emails. I think that's what we're going to call our fans now, dickwads. <laughs> dickwads. Yeah. Now, so, yeah, shots to, shots to War and Mike. And Brady, and, yeah, and all of them, man. And like they, they, they came through. That shit was mad funny. Yeah, it was, it was funny. I just started seeing, like, little bloop, bloop, bloop emails. So that was really good. Guys, again, thank you for listening. You know where you can find us. The email, coincidentally, is backofthebusmiami at gmail.com. Yeah, that is the email. that We did not mention the email, I guess. Thanks for everything. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll let you know how the trades are going through. We'll let you know how our fantasy footballs are going. We'll have a nice AP for you. And we will keep you updated on everything that's going on in our lives through our Instagrams, man. And follow us there. And hit us up. D- slide into our DMs. All right, bro. Later. Peace. See you next time. Rub me down with honey and throw me to the lesbians. Ooh.